Hello and welcome to Good But Ugly. I'm your host, Kwesha Kutu of the Fund Your Future movement. Choosing a college is one of the most important decisions we make. College Signing Day has become a national celebration where students reveal their higher ed intentions. For others, based on affordability, accessibility, and convenience, a college chooses us. Post-COVID, college has become an option rather than the option, as many of us are discovering multiple avenues to success and making money, like Soldier Boy's rise to fame using YouTube and Fruity Loop software. The college reputation for millennials was advertised way differently than for Gen Z. Colleges now have to tap dance for the consumer's time and money. There's still a high priority placed on choosing a college rather than choosing a skill. High schools continue to push the one-size-fits-all approach, cheerleading for the college route, rather than helping sustain students by teaching them how to navigate and nurture their niche. For most college freshman hopefuls, the process seems simple. Apply to college, do your FAFSA, attend orientation. In reality, there is no college orientation or sitting in a classroom until the financial aid process is complete. Now, students with support, they submit the FAFSA, any applicable forms, payments, and voila, smooth sailing. For first-generation and international students, not so much. And speaking from personal experience, our parents aren't familiar with the American college system and for sure don't trust the government. FAFSA is like learning a second language that colleges expect students to master, no matter what their socioeconomic background is. Sure, there's a FAFSA number, a website, a YouTube channel, but from years of feedback I've received, students and parents don't understand the jargon or know how to apply these resources to their personal financial aid situation. There seems to be a widening communication gap between technology, college administrators, and students. The fact remains that traditional college student model is outdated and whack from jump, and college administrators are still relying on old data and applying principles to students who simply don't fit into those boxes. Today's student is social and flexible and for value shortcuts, as TikTok has repeatedly shown us. So when I worked for a private research university, it was mandatory for MBA, Master of Business Administration students to attend orientation. For years, I was the debt management counselor tasked with financially breaking down the next two years of their academic career. I compared how much financial aid they would be offered to how much financial aid they actually needed. Then I showed them how interest works, repaying their loans and what having an entry level job plus student loans and living sustainable looked like. Even though I viewed sacrificing my Saturday mornings for this session every quarter as work, I now realize how valuable the information was, not only for those graduate students, but for my growth that would later lead me to advise high school students. After all, in response to increased tuition and loan default rates, this university did good by creating my role and department. It was then that I truly learned the aftermath of the good, bad, and ugly of FAFSA. In a weird way, my career started out at the back end, mastering the systems and business processes to advise graduate, medical, law, and clinical psychology students that had hundreds of thousands of student loans um, on effectively managing repayment to seven years later helping high school students avoid all of those financial aid mistakes. 
Despite knowing the price tag, the sheeple brand mentality linked to choosing a college still remains. Honestly speaking, this private research university I worked at, the business program wasn't even accredited, but somehow maintained high enrollment. I have countless friends, including family that received their MBA. Why? Because this business school was named after the founder of AutoNation, Waste Management, and also co-owned Blockbuster, the Miami Dolphins, Marlins, and the Florida Panthers. Still, outside of this region, how much value is that MBA worth? Not even good marketing can help repaying that loan debt because they didn't deliver that great job slogan that they were selling. Rather than considering college affordability or industry innovation, students are blindly led through college matriculation, especially when it comes to course selection. For myself, I was led by my academic advisor who I saw twice in four years due to registration holds. The first visit was a requirement. The second visit was after my Spanish professor peer pressured me into double majoring. So I made my appointment, told my advisor my request, and he advised against it and straight gaslighted me um, that I ended up just keeping it as a minor. Back then, I trusted college staff because after all, aren't they the experts? Looking back, I'm more upset at myself because while that white guy was not paying my tuition or taking my exams, I knew better. 14 years as a higher ed professional has taught me not everyone on payroll is an expert. I also learned that an alarming amount of students share academic advising stories similar to mine. The good that came from my experience was finding an alternative and using my unofficial degree audit to efficiently plan the remaining semesters uh, for graduation with a bachelor's in four years. I will say this again, you don't need an academic advisor. Every degree program is mapped out with credit requirements and course options available in your student portal. Uh, it may be called differently at your campus, but it exists. In real time, you see your grades, uh, your grade point average or your GPA, the courses you've completed, attempted, and that are remaining for your degree completion. Uh, this is a great tool because it helps keep track of your time, your progress, and what courses are actually needed for your degree. To confirm, we're in this together. Stories I've heard include, you know, students changing majors because the advisor told them that they will not make money, they're gonna go broke. Seriously, there's a high school guidance counselor in Broward County that told a student and her mother to allow her to pour an imaginary bucket of ice on the student because art majors don't make money. Luckily, that parent found me, told me how depressed her daughter became after being ridiculed by a high school counselor, and we managed to get the student back on track. There's also a college advisor dissuading students not to major in psychology because they don't make money. Like what in the actual fudge? I met this beautiful soul of a student at a church workshop who studied three years of psychology in her home country. And due to conflict, she came to America seeking um, asylum and she wanted to continue her studies in America. So she told me that she put off college because of what the advisor told her. Like These stories anger me. I love nothing more than people who love what they do. Like I want my chef to love creating with food and making people happy with their dishes, just like my mom, who is self-taught, 
even at age 66, still learning about Trini street food from YouTube. Like, I want my mechanic to be a master of all things cars because there's nothing scarier than breaking down on a South Florida road or having your catalytic converter stolen while at work, which by the way, both have happened to me. All right, here comes the PSA. Hating your job is your fault, but not supporting people pursuing their passion is straight malicious. Like students trusting school staff and family and friends to be honest and support their journey should be the norm. That's why having the right people in your corner is critical to success in college and life. Toxic home and work and social environments are like death to your soul. Um, all that said, college signing is the tip of the iceberg. There are going to be long days, hurdles, bad vibes, and a whole lot of uncomfortable growth along the way. There are going to be naysayers that are not bill payers to test your commitment. This is why financial literacy and preparedness goes hand in hand with college signing. The true cost of attendance not only looks at money spent on food and books, supplies, housing, transportation, but also your time. Time is a huge commitment that determines college success. That family affair I spoke of in the pr previous episode affects not only the academic, but the social and mental well-being of a college student. For me, I had to juggle being a parent, a partner, while studying a full load of classes, not to mention working part-time to simply survive. Um, retention, which is first-time students continuing the following semester, depends heavily on their support and survival. If students are burdened by family affairs, often than not, school is going to be placed on the back burner, which is why schools have low retention rates. It's just backwards to market to new students only, but not support the students that you currently have. Others that bravely stay the course face criticism by family. There were high schools that I visited where low attendance was normal because students had to work to support their families. Already so early in their lives, survival mode mattered more than high school. So as I close out this episode, my hopes is not is that college preparedness and financial literacy is a dinnertime conversation that starts in elementary and middle school. College is not a popularity contest. Most of us are out here surviving and depend on school to nurture our strengths and weaknesses to propel us in our industry. There are multiple ways to success and don't sleep on transfer students either. Starting out at a state or community college may be the right fit for your pocket and also that side door into your dream school after a year or two. Remember that degree where will only have where you finish, not where you started. Employers and jobs that require a degree most times don't care what your major was. It's your drive, your grit, your progress, and your willingness to learn that will benefit you more. Thanks for spending your time with me. Next time I'll discuss why FAFSA should be used as a litmus test. For FAFSA tips and resources, please visit fundyourfuture.info. That's F-U-N-D-Y-O-U-R-F-U-T-U-R-E dot info. Thanks everyone, stay safe.